Welcome to another All Business Podcast. This is Ted Schubel. Thank you for bringing us up on your phone or computer or wherever you're listening. This is where we talk with area business owners, the people that make the region work. When we come back, we're all business. The All Business Podcast is supported by Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com. Most folks who work here love living here, and that makes a difference. At Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com, they're proud to work the hometown advantage around the clock, connecting local employers to local job seekers. Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com makes it easy to post a job and it's local, so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. And if you're looking for a good local job, search jobs and apply online right now. Get the advantage of finding a job close to home at Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. We're at 712 Caroline Street, Pawn Shop, Studio and Gallery. Gabe and Scarlett Pons are guests this week on the uh, All Business Podcast. Gabe, I'll start off with you because you always, whenever I have you in, you were just in talking about Art Attack on the on the, on the radio show, and you always describe, when, when we were talking about the Pawn Shop, you always oh, describe it. Yes. yes. Yeah, the preemptive is P-O-N-S-H-O-P. We don't buy gold or guns, we sell art. Uh, that play on words kind of... It, it may only reach maybe 20% of the listening population, so you have to repeat, you have to clarify uh, for that, which, uh, which we do um, all together. You two have been downtown and doing what you do with, uh, with, with, with art for, for how many years now? Oh, boy. All together since, 13. yeah, 13 years, since 2000, technically since two, late 2005, 2006. Yeah, we started uh, at yeah. Liberty Town for almost four years, mm-hmm. and now we've been nine years at 712. Yes, yeah, spring of 2010 was when we moved to 712 Caroline to kind of launch our own shop. Scott, talk about what you do and, and how you got involved in it. Is this something that you, you've, when, 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 how early in life did you start? Yes, yeah, so I got into pottery in college. I was studying architecture, and the um, assistant dean at the time, Ellen Broughton, was a potter. And she had um, several ceramic classes through the architecture department. So I started taking classes there. Um, And this is actually a funny story. My first year of taking ceramic classes, I don't think I had one piece survive. Like everything kind of fell apart and broke and cracked and it was a disaster. And when I showed up the second year, she was really surprised that I came back (laughs) because I had such a rough first year. And then that just just set the stone. And um, I did it on kind of for fun and as a hobby for many years while I was working as, I worked as an architect for seven years, so I did ceramics as a hobby for seven years. And then um, about 2005, when we came back to Virginia, I switched to full-time pottery and left, left architecture. That does explain, it, it, it's, it's great to know that though, just about pottery, that it's, that it's not so easy. Yes. That there is, it's not as though you just put it on a wheel, you form it, and there you go. There, there is, there's really a technique to the whole thing. Yes, it, it, takes, it takes years to get comfortable in any kind of, you know, m- building method, mm-hmm. whether it's hand building or throwing. And then you throw in everything else, glaze making and firing your kiln. It's, I always see it as one of those kind of lifelong, lifelong skills that it takes. You know, you have your master potters, and I think, you know, 
you have to be at least 30 years in deep before I think you can start to call yourself a, <laughs> a Matt, you know, at least the people that I look up to that I see who, you know, who I admire, I feel are, are you know, about 30, dear, 30 years deep into their, into their craft. I guess it's the kind of thing too, where you can look at it and you, you can see over the years, yes. how just the development and how you're, how you change. Yes. It's, it's, it's amazing to, to, to see that growth that it's just that repetitive you know really is every year that repetitiveness of just just sitting down and doing the work and sitting down and doing the work and you know you could look at a piece that even you just did a year ago you know you don't have to go back that far in time I mean I could go back five ten you know 15 years and look at my first pieces and just be like wow that's you know that's a really rustic looking (laughs) (laughs) piece but I could also just go back you know, a year ago and say, wow, that's, you know, that's, this is what, you know, I've improved this, this and that on, yeah. on, on whatever I'm making. Gabe, how about you? How'd you get involved? Um, actually, a similar kind of course, when we were in college, um, just as kind of a taking a, uh, a break from thinking so hard in architecture school, um, I would casually paint, uh, whether it was in a sketchbook or on, uh, in my apartment on canvas, one of our close friends, they had a, you know, your classic college house, and he invited a, a friend and I to uh, paint a mural in their downtown, in their basement. In the, and uh, that evening, when we were, when we were painting, that something just struck me, and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to, how do you, how do you become a painter? Mm-hmm. And that was uh, our third year, my third year in college. Um, so it took, um, several years in, in school after that um, to kind of truly catch the bug. And it wasn't until, you know, similar to Scarlett, when we were in New York City working, um, I guess our, our arts kind of became our recreation. Yeah. And uh, when Scarlett would go to her pottery studio in Brooklyn, I would stay home and set up my, my desk in the kitchen and, and do a little something. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it's true. It's like not until we moved to Fredericksburg, did we really solidify our kind of trajectories as artists? Was it a bit, was it, were you kind of nervous making the, the change from whatever you were, for what you were doing in architecture to, uh, to the arts? You know, in comparison to architecture, no. No. Actually, no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. There was no uh, fear of litigation or, or a lawsuit um, on that end. Plus, I mean, honestly, we ready, yeah, we were we ready. Didn't, we didn't jump into it. Um, you know, we did a lot of planning to, to make that leap. I would say we, we probably, you know, we took, we talked about it for a good year. Mm-hmm. We took and a small then business class. We took the small business class and then it took a whole year just to leave, just to logistically figure out how to leave New York City. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. just a really mm-hmm. complicated, hard, expensive move. Right. And, um, so by the time we came here, we were, you know, we were ready. We were excited. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hit the ground running, too. Scarlett had already met Dan Finnegan, um, and we visited Liberty Town back, I think, as early as 2004. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, we went in there a year ahead. So I remember one, during one visit to Fredericksburg, Scarlett met Dan. We, we saw Liberty Town. Um, fell in love with it. Fell in love with, yeah, fell in mm-hmm. love with Liberty Town um, and uh, were kind of enamored with the downtown. We're like, hey, this is an actual place. Yeah. You know, it, it's, a, it's a, true, a true kind of village, village feel. Um, so we were ready, I think, altogether to kind of make that shift. And downtown met 
like all of our criteria. We had, we said, okay, if we're going to leave New York, which we loved, New York City, we lived in Brooklyn, we loved it. It's still one of my favorite places. We said, all right, we have certain criteria that, that we want, that we felt like would, would make it worth moving. And one was finding a downtown that was, that had a lot of potential. A downtown that felt like community, a downtown mm-hmm. we felt like could grow, that downtown that had really beautiful architecture. Right, and that was genuine. And, you know, I grew up, I more or less grew up in this area. I mean, I was in and out of this area a lot, yeah. but I knew this area as a child. And my mom actually was the one who brought us back when we said we were starting to look for space. And she was like, you should really think about Fredericksburg. Maybe you should think about coming, you know, more or less back home. And when Gabe and I did the, we actually toured the whole East Coast and we looked at, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of different downtowns. We, were, we looked at, you know, Savannah, and we looked at, um, right. you know, some northern PA downtowns, and and then, but, you know, Fredericksburg yeah. really, you know, really had everything we were looking for. And I was pregnant, and I had good schools. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it was, I think, moving from New York City, living there, it's like you're in the center of the universe, and then you're like, well, where, well, where do you go from here? Once you leave, it's like, where are you? Um, but we were I, definitely ready to kind of turn down the volume in, in, in a lot of respects and concentrate and kind of re, I think all together we kind of reinvented ourselves mm-hmm. um, to the community. Mm-hmm. What are, and, and boy, you look at what, when, when you came and what the downtown is now, yes. it's yes. night and day. It's night and day. I, ju- I just had this conversation with my youngest son yesterday. Actually, he was asking me, what, what was downtown like when you when when you guys, I don't know what prompted this, when you first moved here? And I said, yeah, imagine downtown with no Bennies, right? With, <laughs> you know, foodie, no, you know, Castiglius no, yeah, no was there, foodie. but no, you know, no Vivify. We, we yeah. couldn't go, we can't, we couldn't have milkshakes on a rooftop, right. you know, <laughs> like all these places yeah. that that we love now. It's like, yeah, none of that was yeah, there. The and I think, I always say this, but I think... One of the early years, um, this was even a year, a couple years after we'd been in Liberty Town, um, one of the local business owners did a count on empty storefronts downtown, and we were in the low 20s as far as empty storefronts. Yeah, we were in a real, real, like, uh, dip there, right? Right? Mm. Early recession, right before the recession hit. So, and you think now, I mean, there's, you know, that that's just... It's night and, and we see people. I mean, it's, I can go on and on about this, but I'll just say one more thing is like, and the other thing I told, I told him was that you wouldn't see people walking around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. Fridays were big. We'd see people on first Fridays, you know, right. but during the week it was, it was dead. And it's just, again, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. No. Everything closed. And that, everything that has closed. totally changed. Yes. Yeah. Everything closed sometime between 3.30 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> I should remind people that when customers still come in, like, downtown's not late, it's not open late enough. I was like, yeah, but do you remember when we used to be done at four? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. these things are relative. So at least we're doing 637 now, so. Well, and it was, it was, it was, there were just a couple of kinds, just a couple of kind of shops downtown, too. There wasn't the variety that that, that you have now. Yeah, the diversity is is another conversation I had recently Mm -hmm. with a customer, and I said, yeah, look at the diversity downtown now. You look at the diversity in business owners, the diversity of food, the diversity Mm of items, you know, you just see such a broad range of people coming downtown. 
it's I love it. I, I love the direction that downtown is going in. Well, you're in a great spot too. I mean, you and and you have you've got the you've got the visitor center right there, but you've got mm-hmm. Bill Beck right oh, yeah. next door and the yeah, history. I was going to say, <laughs> well, I mean, he the stories he tells about downtown in yes. a, in a Fredericksburg, but you're you're just you are in a really the the the, the 700 block of of uh, Caroline Street has, has got a lot of character. Yeah, yes. total stroke of luck in terms of the the space that we found. Um, Total stroke of luck being next to the Becks, too. Like Scarlett said, he's been a mentor all these years and a great neighbor, mentor. Like an amazing neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Um, just um, a great source of... I mean, he's another gem of... I feel like his store is a gem of downtown because it's it's authentic and he knows... Yeah, he knows his stuff. His stuff. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, no. In fact, when we, when we found... Uh, the and and looked at our space on at seven twelve the first time, I remember thinking like I've never been in this store. I'm like what was here? Like why? I, it didn't make sense, right? Um, but now it's it's really kind of one of the nodes right along that uh, the block that's you know kind of lively, and it's great. It is great to have you know places like Sugar Spruce at the corner, Benny's Skin Touch Therapy right next to us. It's like. You know, the whole kind of um, procession of 712 has changed dramatically since... I'm starting uh, at Jay Bryan's. Oh, yeah, Jay Bryan's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good burgers. (laughs) Can't forget their their hot wings. Yeah. Right. It is the All Business Podcast this week, and we are at uh, 712 Caroline Street, uh, the the pawn shop studio and, and gallery. Scarlett, I always like to say, because every year I try to come in and I, I've got, I get Christmas gifts yes. from you and I have had some of the most, it started off, I got a, I mean, you have just, it's, you have such a, a variety of things. And, and I went in th- and I went in and got, it was a, it was a, a holder. It was a holder for soup where you yes. could have soup on your lap. It's just those kind of things that you go in and you think, well, you look at this, you, you look at it and you think, oh, this is just going to be like little pottery knickknacks. Mm-hmm farther farthest thing from the truth i mean you've got such a wide variety of things yeah i'm always on the hunt i mean my when i'm going out looking for things i always look for things that you want to use in your everyday life so i'm always i always think about like every things you want to use in your everyday art that's life that's art based because i always feel like that's where the best design should be it shouldn't necessarily be this this thing that you can't obtain, but it should be that thing that you come in contact with every day. It should be a bowl, a mug, you know. And I, I love the idea also that it's 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 designed by somebody local. It could be designed by your neighbor, but you know, so it brings a, a little more of a personal touch to it. But um, yeah, I all year long, I'm you know, I'm just on the hunt for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think the shop kind of evolved towards in that direction through the years. Um, yeah, because we started. It, yeah, in the beginning, pure, more of a gallery. Yeah, in the beginning, it was it was an art gallery where we had paintings on the wall and and, and ceramics on the shelves. Um, and slowly, slowly through the years, it's really evolved into like items that items for the home yeah. that are still kind of locally um, artisan made. Um, but definitely like an extension of um, 
extension of one's craft so that yeah people come in the shop they're like i want everything i want one of everything you know um because you can kind of take or, or have a lot of the items um in your kitchen your bedroom your bathroom you know through and through well and it's it's the kind of thing that with so much emphasis so so many people all they want to do is shop online now what you have is you can come in and you can touch it you can look at it right. and it's unique Right. So true. Uh, so true. It's and especially I think with um, uh, with the fine art to it, there's still that kind of experiential aspect of of being a retail store that um, you, you you still can't translate to the Internet just yet. Yeah. Uh, meaning you come in. Um, first thing that people notice, they'll, this place smells good. Do you have candles? Oh, yeah, we have candles. We have soaps. Um, and, you know, they're greeted by, you know, someone who's hopefully very personable and friendly, and they get to browse around and kind of experience everything um, all within, uh, you know, we have a really kind of modest-sized gallery, so it's not huge, so you're not overwhelmed. Um, but I think that experience alone, combined with the fact that hopefully they, they came and, and walked down William, they, they walked down Caroline, all of that, I think, comes into play um, when kind of, uh, shopping for these kind of items. Well, I, your your art, Gabe, I like because it's, it's it's just it's so it's 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 so unique. It's it's not something you see around. Right, right, yeah. A lot of the artwork I do um, is on skateboard decks. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the more common questions people come in, they see the painted skateboard decks on the wall, and they say, "Well, do it. Does anyone ride these decks? How does this work?" Um, and the answer to that, I, I typically tell, well, a lot of people collect them, but you certainly can ride them if, if you want. I'd be happy to, to see you on one of the boards. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the artwork we have is kind of, um, you know, not kind of traditional, um, whether it's the surface that things are painted on. In fact, we have our vinyl record show that we're doing for August and November, I'm sorry, August and September um, this month, and it is, it's like 35 different painted vinyl records on the walls and people come in they look at all of them and I'm like oh yeah this is our remix show and it's painted. They're like oh I didn't even realize that these were vinyl records um, so it's it's kind of taking um, art and creativity to different kind of forms which is really exciting that is and that, that again that just makes what make, makes what what you do just so unique and mm -hmm. you, you can't find that anywhere Lucky to, we're lucky to have oh, you. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and we also try to do, we try to do things in the store. I mean, we push online pretty hard. We have, you know, pretty decent online stores. But I always make with my work, too, like uh, an effort that I make work that I don't put online, yeah. that you can only get at the store. And, um, and it's two such different communities. My online community that I sell to, I feel like, is, is different than my than my, my hometown right. storefront community and different things sell, you know, on both on both formats very differently. Yeah. But I, I love to make things for the store, be like, no, I, I make a kind of conscious effort to be like, this is, you can only get this in the store. Yeah. No, but Scarlet does have, Scarlet has strategically kind of ma managed to balance uh, in-store and online, yeah. online sales. And I'll have her talk more about that, but I think what's exciting is that um, through the years navigating that, she's managed to kind of carve out a niche um, where she's able to have a truly like online presence going on, but at the same time still retain 
kind of in-person uh, in-person gallery kind of feel. Yeah, because so. you can do a lot on, online. Um, oh yeah, I mean you can't you can't ignore that anymore. I think as a as a store owner, I think you need to sell online. Um, as an artist, I think you need to sell online. You just you can't ignore that platform, and you know your potential for growth is is limitless. I mean it's it's tricky because as a potter, it's taken me it's taken me year. I always tell people this: it's taken me years to figure out what will sell online. And about three years ago, four years ago, I designed a line of work that was just for online sales that I thought would do good online. So it was a very yeah. you know specific thing i did and um and it and it worked and it's working and but, but again i think it's a platform you you know you have to you have to embrace so many potters go to a lot do a lot of traveling and go to yes. go to shows all over which seems to like a, it's it's a lot of work and a, and a big commitment do you do a lot of that or do you, you i don't i i um that was another thing that when we when we first when we were talking about opening up a store and you know when we were doing this discussion of the store and looking you know I was pregnant with our first son and um and so I was like I can't travel I you know I'm gonna have this this you know our first kid our first baby and there's no way I I felt like I wanted to do that and that was really why we we opened up a store because I knew I knew I didn't want to do that um I don't like being in the car <laughs> I can't really go more than four hours and I start going crazy so um that was one of the reasons why we opened up a store I said well if I don't want to if we don't want to travel to craft shows then yeah. we need a store yeah. and that's a good, we need yeah. a home that's, base. that's and that's what really was exactly that was that was to. very much a DIY ethic um yeah. the biggest challenge for an artist is like finding a venue it's like oh if only these a gal if I would have to you know troop around and find a gallery that that'll hopefully carry my work. I think starting from the kind of the seed of Liberty Town, we were like, wow, we're centralized. We're making it here. We're hanging it up here. Um, wouldn't it be great if we had a place that was truly ours that as we make work, we, we display it, you know, under our own roof. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, cut out that idea of like, well, we have to keep searching for someone that'll deem it deem our work you know good enough so that it can be yeah. made public you already planning for christmas oh yes Scar we, uh, yes <laughs> scarlet started planning for christmas technically i guess as early as august uh, i would say yeah probably definitely is yeah i start what did i start watching i watched a couple christmas episodes of bob burgers and bob's i got like burgers, totally yeah uh, i got yeah, to we watched a couple christmas <laughs> I got TV totally shows inspired <laughs> started sketching <laughs> Well, it's, gonna be, it's exciting. It's and it's and um, unfortunately we are this we are we are out of time. But we need to we will do this many more times because there's lots more to talk about. It's just it's just so interesting. Um, as, especially you two've seen, you've really been part of the Renaissance downtown because it's it it, it has happened and, and, and you've had a you've had a front row seat and have been part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, we're really grateful um, to the city definitely for getting supporting us and getting behind yes. kind of what we're up to and our business neighbors i mean you know you're in a good place when you see when you're excited for your business neighbors when you see your business neighbors move to a new space or you see them rebrand or you see them expand and you know we love the business community downtown it's such a yeah. it's such a community yeah. and um, the culture is very uh, 
you know, very uh, inclusive and healthy and, and, you know. Yeah. If someone wants to get in touch with you or, you know, wants to check your, your, your website out, what's, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Two websites. Uh, the shop website is pawnshopstudio.com, P-O-N-S-H-O-P studio.com. Uh, Scarlet, over the years, Scarlet has actually launched her own strictly ceramic website, and that's scarletwares.com, uh, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T-W-A-R-E-S.com. Scarlett and Gabe, thank you so much. We'll do this again very soon. Thank you. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you. If you like listening to this podcast, please link, comment, and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. You can also find us on Channel B online at b1015.com, keyword podcasts. If you want to talk about your business, I'd like to hear from you. You can contact me, ted at wfvaradio.com. Ted at wfvaradio.com. We would like to highlight your business. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ted Schubel. We'll see you next time when we become all business. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the host and guests in this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting.